the relationship between a tour guide and a bus driver is very important because they can help a lot. They know lots more because they've been to places before, unlike us sometimes who were somewhere for the first time. So it really helped and paid when we got on well with our colleagues. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I love Canada and I always thought if I wasn't Swiss and I could have chosen, I think I would have wanted to be Canadian. They are nice people. They care for others. They allow others to be free. They help each other. They help others. They have a very good social system and they are fun to be with. Maybe they're just very similar to the Swiss. So maybe it's more or less the same thing. Even the flag is the same color. It's red and white. Of course, I've never lived there and I know that it gets very cold in the winter. But let me tell you how I got to like Canada more and more with every time I visited. And I really hope that I will be able to visit a lot more. Now, towards the end of summer 1989, I've been speaking about that summer a lot already in other episodes. And having spent over four months in the US, working more or less back-to-back, non-stop, I was back in New York with even more money. My next and also my last trip in North America on for this season was called a Canadian Connection. We traveled from New York by bus to Boston and my friend Bernie, who I have already mentioned and who was an, um, an episode guest previously, um, she was working at the New York office at the time. She decided to join me and spend a night in Boston with us and then travel back by train while I and my tour group were going through New England and then cross into Canada. I had never been to Boston before and I really instantly loved it. We arrived in the afternoon, the tour group got some time off and Bernie and I explored. I had to do a city tour the next day and I had no idea where anything was. Even though I had done my history homework, I still needed to figure out the geography. I did have a great bus driver who helped and it always helps. The relationship between a tour guide and a bus driver is very important because they can help a lot. They know lots more because they've been to places before, unlike us sometimes who were somewhere for the first time. So it really helped and paid when we got on well with our colleagues. Now, let's talk a little bit about Boston before we go to Canada. Boston played a central role in US history. From its settlement by the Puritans to the American Revolutionary Battles, and of course, its storied universities. After the arrival of the settlers, within a few years, more than half of the Native Americans in this region had died of smallpox, which was introduced by the Europeans who had arrived. That is a sad part of history that no one ever talks about. Many of you may have heard of the Boston Tea Party. It was a political protest that occurred in 1773 at Griffin's Wharf. 
American colonists, frustrated and angry at Britain for imposing taxation without representation, dumped over 300 chests of tea imported by the British East India Company into the harbour. And as far as I know, this was the first significant act of defiance by American colonists. The implication and impact of the Boston Tea Party was enormous, ultimately leading to the sparking of the American Revolution, you know, the Battle of Independence, which began in Massachusetts in 1775. It was the beginning of the struggle for independence. That's just a little bit of information because Bernie and I explored the Bostonian history and followed the Freedom Trail. And after we had stopped at every possible landmark, we had deserved a lobster dinner and a good bottle of wine at Boston Harbor. And the next morning, she went back to New York. We went on our city tour. All went well. We found all the sites and I explained all the history and the next, we stayed another night in Boston. We went to Provincetown at the northern tip of Cape Cod, where the Mayflower landed in 1620, which is more history again, to learn to explain. And we also took the ferry back to Boston, which was a lot of fun. Enjoyed another evening in this beautiful town. And I have been to Boston, back to Boston a few times. I also love the way the Bostonians talk. They have a different accent to the rest of the United States. But let's not talk more about the US. This episode is about Canada. So after checking out of the Grand Omni Parker House, we had a big day of driving ahead of us because the next stop was Quebec. And I was so much looking forward to this. I had read, but I hadn't experienced, unfortunately, and we didn't have enough time to enjoy Vermont because that is another beautiful part of the US. I had an opportunity a few years later on another trip, which I will also talk about. But all these New England states, especially in autumn when the um, Indian summer happens, when all the maple trees change leaves, it's magical. Looking back at some of these trips that I did, I feel that we should have had more time but I guess there's never enough time to see everything. I think we should have more lives. I don't think this life is enough to visit everything, especially for me. There is so much, so many places that I want to go back to. There's just never enough time. Anyway, later in the afternoon, we crossed the border into Canada and arrived in Quebec City in the evening. I could see our hotel from far and I got really excited because... We were staying in one of the world's most photographed hotel, Le Chateau Frontenac, which towers majestically over the St. Lawrence River and old Quebec City. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So I checked in my tour group and they went to their rooms and I went to my room and I felt like a princess. I was staying in a castle. I also loved speaking French to the Canadians, even though I found it a bit hard to understand them at the beginning, because it is different to European French that I am used to. But as I am someone who adopts very quickly, I took to it like a fish to water. I had remembered also when I was here in Cyprus at the beginning of the 80s, there were 
UN soldiers staying in the apartment block where I lived. And I always wondered what strange language they spoke until when I heard it from far, until I figured out that it was French-Canadian. It's good fun. I loved everything about Quebec and Canada in general, even though I had only just crossed one border on the same continent, people were different. Canada felt more European to the US somehow. I absolutely loved Quebec City, which is known for its rich history, the cobblestone streets, the European architecture, and these uh, fortifications. And Quebec City is the perfect place to immerse yourself in traditional Québécois food, dishes like poutine and tourtière and so many other things. And of course, maple syrup is a key ingredient to almost everything Québécois. I had also arranged a boat tour on the St. Lawrence River the first time I visited, and I was so amazed how wide this river is, wider than some of the lakes in Switzerland that I know that I was used to. There were parts of the St. Lawrence River where you could hardly see the other side. Now, on this first particular tour, the first time I went to Canada, the next stop on the tour was Montreal. And even though I thought nothing could beat the beauty of Quebec City, I think I liked Montreal even more. There I had a budget for a local guide and we were taken around by this charming bilingual Canadian lady. I don't remember her name, but I can see her in front of me, who showed us everything. What a charming town, full of wonderful and very friendly people. I loved old Montreal because it contains many, many outstanding archaeological sites and historical buildings. I loved all the squares. Place Royale, Place Jacques Cartier. Jacques Cartier was a French explorer who was actually, the, I think, the first European to describe and map the Gulf of the St. Lawrence River. And then there was Place d'Armes and Champ de Mars. It sounded a bit like Paris, but it was just different. Our lovely tour guide took us all over the place, explained us, told us about the indigenous people and the European settlers. She took us to this spectacular Mary Queen of the World Cathedral, which is also known as the Blue Cathedral, which is a designated National Historic Site of Canada. And actually, I read later, it's inspired by the Italian Renaissance re revival and modeled after St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. There is so much to see in Montreal. The islands on the St. Lawrence River, the Olympic Park, the Formula One racetrack, parks and museums. But on my first trip ever, at the end of this summer, 89, I had other plans. Remember my little Gucci bag from previous episodes, from the New York episode? My little Gucci bag with the $20,000 in it? Well, that amount had grown even more because I had worked another four weeks since then and I decided to shop. Our lovely tour guide had recommended Rue Sherbrooke and Rue Sainte-Catherine, and I had a whole afternoon off. Normally, when we had an afternoon or a morning or some time off, 
I would have organized something for the tour group because I always made it a point to offer little extras to keep everyone happy. But this time I needed to be alone for my shopping therapy. I don't remember everything I bought. It was lots of stuff because I was rich and I remember that one particular item. It was my most beautiful winter coat that I ever had in my life. And of course, this whole shopping spree resulted in the fact that I also needed another suitcase, an extra suitcase. And so I bought my famous sexy red Delsay, which traveled with me all over the world from that day onwards. Until I moved to Cyprus five years later. It was full of hotel and airline stickers, and it was a little bruised here and there from the conveyor belts, from airports on every continent. But otherwise, it was in perfect condition. And somehow it ended up in the attic in my house here in Limassol. And years later, when a friend of mine asked me if I had an old suitcase for a worker, so one, a friend of hers, a worker, was moving back to Zanzibar, I remembered my red Delsay and gave it to this guy. And uh, guess what? Not only did it travel to Zanzibar, the young man who I had given it to sent me a picture that he was using it at, as his closet. It was standing up in the corner of his room and he had created little shelves for it. I think that's a lovely story. My Red Delsay from Montreal found a home in Zanzibar. Talking about luggage, our company had a policy that our clients should never have to carry their suitcases. When we arrived at an airport, we hired porters with trolleys who picked up the bags from the belt and took them to the tour bus. That's another thing which is hard to believe today, because at the time then, the porters were allowed inside the customs area, and our people just walked out. And the same happened when we arrived at the hotel. The bags were brought to the rooms from the tour bus and picked up outside their doors upon departure. Our service was amazing. But I always made them and identify their pieces of luggage before they got on the bus because once I had forgotten a suitcase and it cost me a lot of money to pay for a taxi to deliver it. You live and learn and some mistakes you only make once because they cost too much. Anyway, let's go back to Canada and to our next stop on this particular tour, which was Ottawa. The capital city on the south bank of the Ottawa River in Ontario, across Quebec, which is more English speaking. But I remember how amazed I was, how beautifully everything was arranged in Ottawa. How everything was marked in two languages, which reminded me of Switzerland, my home where we do everything in three languages or sometimes even four. I don't think I've ever seen a town with more museums than Ottawa. And I also learned that it was the seventh coldest capital in the world. Do you know which is the coldest capital in the world? It's 
Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia, where temperatures in January are as low as minus 36 to minus 40 degrees centigrade. And I don't think that I want to go there in the winter. But for me, Ottawa is connected to another memory. When I had already moved to Cyprus in 1995, and when I decided to settle down, you know, grow up, get married and have children, I suddenly realized that this would be the end of my gypsy life. Even though I had given up my tour life a few years before, I still did an occasional tour and was in contact with the tour guide department. The thought of having children created a little panic in my head. So I decided to ask for one last tour. And because they were always looking for people in the summer, they had enough people for the rest of the year. But in the, in the summer, when there were lots of trips, they gladly gave me a similar assignment. They actually asked me where I wanted to go. And I said, well, the US would be nice or Canada would be nice. Talking about this one, this time in Ottawa, I started feeling a little funny, a little weird. Something was different, and I had a vague idea what it could be, and I decided to buy a pregnancy test, but was afraid to use it. The next stop on this tour was the Algonquin Provincial Park, where our tour group members had time to hike and canoe and fish and whatever else one does in such parks. But I had other things on my mind. I decided to take the plunge and do the pregnancy test, and I guess you already know the result. I discovered in provincial Ontario that I was pregnant with our first child. And beautiful Natalie, who was born nine months later, is now 25 years old. Of course, I didn't tell anyone on this tour. And remember, at the time, we didn't have cell phones. And we weren't in touch with each other so much or as often as we are now. I was a little shocked and frightened, but I guess Mother Nature knows what she is doing. That's why she gives us nine months to get used to having children. The only thing that I did when, when we arrived in Toronto the next day was entering a pharmacy and telling the chemist that I had a friend who is pregnant and that she is wondering if she needed to take maybe some extra vitamins, like I was asking for a friend, because I just couldn't use the words. I'm pregnant yet. It sounded too scary. A few years ago, I took both my kids on a trip to Canada, but this time we arrived in Calgary and drove through Banff and Jasper National Park to Vancouver, and we celebrated Natalie's origin. But this is material for another episode. We are keeping it to the East Coast, to Eastern Canada here. Let's just say that my daughter is a tiny percentage Canadian. Let's go back to the original tour of 89. I hope I'm not confusing you with this different tours that I'm talking about. But 89 was my first trip to Canada ever and my first visit to Toronto, which I love just as much as everything else, all the rest. I was in awe with this country and its people. Toronto is known for its many skyscrapers and high-rise buildings, for the tallest freestanding structure in the Western Hemisphere, the CN Tower, where I used to offer my tour group a drink. We had a budget for a welcome drink, but because I wanted to treat people with something unusual, something special, 
I used to keep this welcome drink money for a special occasion or a special place, sometimes for somebody's birthday or a wedding anniversary or just a fun place with a view or history. Toronto's location on Lake Ontario, the first great lake from the St. Lawrence River, has been instrumental over the course of the city's history and the Niagara Falls can be visited on a day trip. Many movies are produced in Toronto, pretending that it's another place with high buildings. They say that Toronto is the fourth most filmed city behind only Los Angeles, New York and London. But there's again another memory attached to Toronto for me. On that famous last tour, when I was already living in Cyprus and had found out that I was pregnant. Toronto was the last stop on this tour and Hector, who is now my husband and wasn't at the time, joined me to spend a few days in Canada and then fly to New York where he had studied. And I had to break the news to him and I had to do it fast because I couldn't carry all this important information on my own anymore. So when he arrived, I picked him up at Toronto Airport. And as soon as we arrived at the Sheraton Centre Toronto Hotel, I said, Hector, I have to tell you something. I'm pregnant. And there was a long pause because I think he was even more shocked than I was. It's so funny how you look back at certain moments in life. But to cut the long story short, this was my last tour as a tour guide. But I was in the process of creating my own little tour group, my beautiful children, Natalie and Alexi, who I traveled with extensively when they were small. And I still travel with them when we get an opportunity, even though they are both grown up. And there are many more episodes to come with them as the main protagonists. Stay with me. And if you like my podcast, please share and tell all your family and friends about it. And by the way, to end this nicely, I agree with Bono. You know Bono the musician? I believe the world needs more Canada. If you like what you hear and want to know more, check out my Soul Guru Lifestyle program on my website, www.thesoulguru.com. Sorry, forget this.